Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed.
Abba. 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 How we love you. Abba. 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 How we love you. Abba. Papa. Daddy. How we love you. Abba, Papa, Daddy. Daddy, Papa, Abba. Father of the earth. How we praise you. Papa. Daddy, we love you. Abba, 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 Daddy, Abba, Papa, how we love you. Can't stop praising your name. Can't stop singing your praise. Our heart yearns. We delight in your love. I'm intoxicated, consumed, possessed with the God from above. Abba, come quickly. This is not our home. We're aliens here, pilgrims in a strange land. Wondering, drinking your wine. Can't stop thinking. Can't stop dreaming. Looking for that day. Running the race. Looking forward to your embrace. We were made to seek your face. Papa, Papa, Daddy God. <laughs> I hear the sound at the top of the mulberry trees. I've known you as Adonai Roe, the Lord is my shepherd. I know you as Adonai and Sipkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. I've experienced you as Adonai, Shalom, the Lord, our peace. I know you as Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Adonai, Shama, the Lord is there. Adonai, Nisi, our victorious banner. I fear and reverence you as Adonai Tzvaot, the Lord of the armies of heaven. Yet there's a name that means even more than those. Abba. <laughs> Abba. Abba. 
daddy God. <laughs> I mean you shemesh of mine. Our daddy which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus, you came to give us a new revelation of God. That God, you're not some despot in the corner of the universe. Like a deist, you wound up the universe and walked away from it, let it run by itself. You're not some impersonal force. You're not just the king and the judge and the lawgiver, but you're Abba. And Father, we see this was hidden throughout the pages of the Old Testament history. That only ten times throughout the entire Old Testament is your name known as Abba. But you sent Jesus. And in Jesus' first sermon, he uses the word Abba 14 times. More than the entire Old Testament history combined. Abba. Abba. We love you. Your daddy knows what you have needed before you even ask. But seek first his kingdom and all these things shall be added to you. You're to be blameless even as your Abba is blameless. <laughs> Father, we see Paul gets the revelation. Begins every letter. Grace and peace be to you from Abba and our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Abba. 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 Abba is Aramaic. It's a word of endearment. It means daddy. Just say that. Daddy, Papa. The first ones to see Jesus said, 
I'm ascending to my God and your God, to my daddy and your daddy. I just feel in my spirit there's people here that need a downloading of Abba's love right now. When you hear, hear the word father or dad, you think back right away to your natural father. Forget about that. Delete that. He's Abba. And Abba loves to tickle and play and tell his little funny things to his children. into my presence which is my playground enter into my presence which is my playground I am your Abba I am your daddy come and play with me come and play with me come and play with me I yearn to play with my children I yearn to play with my children enter in enter in into my playground enter in into our private place our place where we play our place where we run our place where we dance our place where we sing together the place where I tell you your bedtime stories come enter in Daddy, tell us a bedtime story. <laughs> Papa. You know, the Bible is a great book. And if you look at Old Testament history, spans many different authors and times and languages. When it talks about God, it only uses the word Abba as ten times. But Jesus, in his first sermon in Matthew Chapters 5, 6, 7 uses the word Father, Father, 
14 times. This morning we're going to speak about frolicking and playing with Abba. The chunky cheese experience. <laughs> Look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. And verse 20. I have to read the context. It may sound pretty heavy, but it's a powerful context. Matthew 11 verse 20. Then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethesda. Bethesda. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you not be exalted to heaven, will you? You shall be descended to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which had occurred in you, would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus answered and said I praise you daddy Lord of heaven and earth thou dost hide these things from the wise and intelligent and dost reveal them to the babes this morning the Holy Ghost wants to bring out the little boy or the little girl out of your heart Because sin will harden you and make you act too brazen, which we think is maturity. Spiritual maturity is to be a child. Not childish, but childlike. <laughs> yes, Abba, it was well pleasing in thy sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Abba. And no one knows the Son except the Abba. And nor does anyone know Abba except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son reveals Him. So we are a privileged group today because the Lord's going to reveal to us Abba. Because He won't reveal that to the intelligent and proud. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my load is light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My, there's such an anointing here. Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
Jesus said, wisdom is vindicated by her children. When we talk about being like a child, people think that you have to jettison wisdom. Let's study that. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. The word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Indeed, Jews ask for signs, Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Messiah crucified for the Jews, a stumbling block to Gentiles' foolishness. But those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Take that in your mind there, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren. There are not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. You know, God has wrapped this current revival in a cloak that brings shame upon the religious and intelligent people. God purposely created manifestations of joy and playing and frolicking with Papa to keep the proud in heart out and to cause them to stumble too. He did it on purpose. It's not just a byproduct of this revival. He did it purposely, folks. He purposely is putting preachers all on the floor because everybody's the same height on the floor. And the base things of the world and the despised, verse 28, God has chosen the things that are not that he might nullify the things that are, that no man should boast before God. Amen? I heard one preacher say, of course that's not true in this church, but I heard one preacher say this once, it's awesome. He said, why most ministers act so reserved in the first, first couple rows and why they can't enter into worship very good? You know why? Because they're so used to being worshipped by their people. So God is taking these men in their $3,000 tailor-made Italian suits and making them lint machines, rolling on the floor, picking up all the lint. Oh! And I came to you, brethren, verse 1, not with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. See, let me just separate this word wisdom here real quick. Just will lay a foundation or kind of teaching.
Amen. See, our civilization really lifts up the Greco-Roman mindset of wisdom. Our whole culture is permeated with Greco-Roman Hellenistic thinking. Our Supreme Court, our government system, our education process is permeated with Greco-Roman thought. Hello. Our whole society is permeated with humanism, secular humanism. You know what secular humanism is? Man is the essence of all things. Michelangelo painted that thing in the Sistine Chapel. You know that picture of it shows like Adam trying to touch God? You know what that's all about? Secular humanism. The Renaissance was a, was a movement of man. It wasn't a movement of God. It was reaching out, showing that man is the essence of all things. You know, what the, you know what the embodiment of secular humanism is? 666. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And it says in Zechariah 9. Let's just turn that real quick. little side trail here. We'll come right back to this topic, but just, this is awesome. this, Zechariah 9, verse 11. A little side journey real quick here. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant that was with you, I've set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Glory to God. You catch that? That's a revival scripture right there. Return to the Masada, or return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have hope. This day I'm declaring to you that I'll restore double to you. I'll bend Judah as my bow. I'll fill the bow with Ephraim. And I'll stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. Hello, sons and daughters of Zion. The sons of Greece are secular humanism. That's just a drunk man there. It's okay. Oh, he's got to drive to the airport. Do we have a cab? Designated driver. I'll stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. You know what's behind the abortion? The whole, it's all secular humanism. So God is stirring us up against those who want to be full of the Gnostic, Hellenistic garbage of this world system. We think of wisdom, we think of people like, you know, have a gray beard and they sit in, you know, in some cemetery or seminary or, you know, you know, some chairman of some, you know, doctoral program at a university. That's not wisdom, folks. Verse 14, then the Lord will appear over them and his arrow will go forth like a lightning and the Lord God will blow the shofar. And march in the storm winds of the south. Hallelujah. The Lord of the armies of heaven will defend them. They'll devour and trample on sling stones. They'll drink and be boisterous as with wine. That's a wine drinking scripture right there. They'll be filled like a sacrificial basin, drenched by the corners of the altar. And the Lord their God will save them in that day as a flock of his people. They'll be crowned, stones of his crown, sparkling in his hand. What comeliness and beauty will be theirs? Grain will make the young men flourish and new wine the virgins. At that time, ask rain from the Lord at the time of the spring rain. 
glory to God. So this whole move of God will butt its head up against secular humanism, folks. Back to 1 Corinthians 1 now. Chapter 2, excuse me. So he says, I did not come to a superiority of speech or of wisdom. I mean, Paul, man, he was the most learned man of his time. I didn't come to you with a bunch of brainwave activity, brain tissue. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. <clears throat> I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Paul probably wasn't a good public speaker, you know, trembling all the time under the Holy Ghost. And my message and my preaching were not persuasive words of wisdom. He wasn't a golden ton orator. <clears throat> <clears throat> but in demonstration of the spirit and a power. Today in our Bible schools, you know what we do? We lift up the golden orators. Most Bible schools, all they do is cater to the pastor, evangelist, and teacher. They know nothing what to do with prophets and apostles in the future. Most Bible schools are based on trying to get accreditation from secular universities. God's restoring the Holy Ghost moving back into the church and Bible schools once again. Verse 5, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom. Okay, here we go now. Among those who are mature... A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. I love the Amplified, the bottomless things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, now say that, we have received, not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom. See, human wisdom. One thing you've got to do but to enter into the things of the Holy Ghost is you've got to let the Holy Ghost give you a frontal lobotomy. <clears throat> I'm telling you, man. You've got to get your mind transformed, metamorphosized. You need the guillotine of his presence to drop on your brain stem. Many times I'll be in the prayer line and I'll, I'll pray for something they're not receiving I'll lay, and then I'll reach over and lay my hands on their spinal cord. <laughs> Just shut down the brainwave activity. Hallelujah. Get the heart pumping again, you know. The well un unstopped. Hallelujah. 
combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. I love the Amplified. I mean, they're utterly detestable. I mean, they're... The word natural man is, we get the word carnal. We also get from carnal, we get the word carnivorous. So you can say the meathead does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness. We're laying a foundation right now, okay? I'm telling you, we're laying a foundation. Because many of you have wanted to worship wild and ecstatically like you did in the world, but you weren't sure. You're a little reserved in church. We weren't sure if it was scriptural. Or maybe it was just a New Orleans thing. This is just a cultural thing that we act like this down here. This is what's going on in heaven, but even crazier. So you all understand that, that the wisdom of God is not something that your brain can understand. It's not something that we have lifted up in our society to the educational process. It's not some gray-haired man with multiple doctorates from multiple Ivy League schools that we esteem. Hello. What is the wisdom of God? How does the wisdom of God, how is wisdom vindicated by her children? Look at Proverbs chapter 8. I was going to save this message for uh, Wednesday night, but I feel like the Lord said, now do it. Because the people that are hungry came out in the morning, you know. So you get, you get the filet mignon. Hallelujah. Now, let me just preface this. I want to say, folks, what I'm going to share with you, I believe is revolutionary in the church. I believe this is just as revolutionary as Martin Luther standing up and saying the just shall live by faith and casting off indulgences. I'm telling you, I'm serious. God is breaking down the plantation mentality of churches where you have leaders and everything else under them is slave labor working for this, you know, the king and queen, you know. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. And my wife has a word, let my people go. <laughs> that they may worship me in spirit and truth. I believe this is a revolutionary concept. It's so revolutionary that even the translators of my version of my Bible put it in the margin. The NIV, King James, you won't see it there. They don't know what to do with it, folks. Now, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 1 says, not wisdom call out. This is the wisdom of God calling the entire chapter. This is the wisdom Paul was talking about, we just read about. And in verse 22, for the sake of time, let's start at verse 22. The Lord possessed me. Ooh, I like that. The Lord possessed me. At the beginning of his way, before his works of old, from everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, 
Before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth. Who's he talking about? Who's the wisdom of God? We just read about it in 1 Corinthians. Jesus, right? Jesus is the wisdom of God, right? So this is talking about the pre-incarnate Son of God, the wisdom of God before he came to earth, okay? This is before the creation. Before the, verse 25, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth, while he had not yet made the earth and its fields, nor the first dust of the world, while he established it, when he established the heavens, I was there. <laughs> when he inscribed a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundaries that the water should not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was besides him as a master workman. Who? It's Jesus, folks. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. So here's wisdom calling out. I studied that once. You know, I heard some people say, you know, we see Jesus weeping. But we never see Jesus laughing in the New Testament. Where did Jesus ever do these type of things? I thought it was, instead of, you know, getting hostile with them, you know, writing them off, I just said, well, I want to search. I'm going to become a Berean. I'm going to search it out. So I started searching out the Hebrew word on laughter. Isaac, Yitzhak. It means laughter, right? And I was just studying along, and I come across a word which is a derivative of laughter. It's called misachek. Say that. Misachek. Misachek, it means to play, frolic, or make sport. And this is the word used here of the father and son. The trans, my margin of my Bible says, Pastor, look at this. What does this say right here? Oh, it says plain. <laughs> plain. Yeah, they can hardly see it. It was just hidden in a small, small print. So let me reread that now. I was playing always before him, playing in the world, his earth, and my delight was in the sons of men. The word misachek is used of children playing on a playground. If my wife and I, we lived in, in Israel, and I'd come home from work one day, and I walk into the, you know, our apartment there in Jerusalem, I walk in and give my wife a kiss and smell the shish kebab and the Baklava, mm, hallelujah. You know, cooking. And my wife say, Marishma. You know. And then she'd say, Well, how was your day? And I'd say, Oh, Maxima. Awesome. I was at the Western Wall today and we cast out 15 devils out of this rabbi. It was awesome, man. <laughs> good. Another day at the office, that's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then I'd, she said, Sit down and we're going to eat in a few moments. And I'd say, Afo Yeladim, where's the kids? And she'd use this word, Him Misachim Bagan. They're playing in the backyard. And so I'd open up the lattice and I'd look out, and there'd be my four kids, fifth kid probably now. And what would they be doing? In Zechariah 8 5, it says that the, there's children playing on the streets of the New Jerusalem.
Let it settle in. So here's the picture in heaven of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost playing. And my translation says rejoicing, and they put it in the margin, the actual literal meaning, because they didn't know what to do with it. And they could hardly even read it. It's so small. Playing. Frolicking. Does that blow religious fuses? How about we go a little step deeper? It says, I was playing always before him, playing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. The word delight is sha'ushuim in Hebrew. Sha'ushuim means to tickle somebody. Even to the point that you delight in somebody so much that you tickle them and tell them a joke. Ah, but can you read me a bedtime story? (laughs) (laughs) So Isaac is laughing, Yitzhak, but taking even deeper, misahek, the noun form, it means to laugh, frolic, and play like kids on a playground. So here's the picture of the father and son before creation, laughing and frolicking and tickling each other. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, Daddy. You've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to the babes. I mean, this makes so much sense. I mean, if I'm on the road for a week and my family's not with me and I come home and I see my wife and kids, what am I going to do? I'm not going to run up to my kids and say, bow down. Man, I'm going to pick them up and tickle them. You know, I was teaching on this in, 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 up in Saskatoon. Uh, Excuse me, in a Indian reservation in uh, Prince Albert in uh, Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan means mighty rushing river in, in Indian. And we're up there preaching, and I'm preaching on this topic, you know, and people are just like, wow, we've never heard this before. And suddenly people are just going wild, you know, just going wild. I don't know why you were so reserved this morning, but <laughs> they're just going wild, man. They're catching it. And then at the end of the service, I make it to the back, and I just fall down, and I'm laughing my head off. I feel like Jesus is tickling me. Seriously. I feel like he's tickling me. And I'm just laughing, I'm laughing, and I'm in the deepest parts of my heart are coming out, and I'm playing like a little boy there with Jesus. And suddenly, the healing anointing came into the room. It was like, whoo, you feel it. Miracle anointing came in. And I looked up at a man in a wheelchair, and I said, come on. His name is Matthew. Come on, Matthew. You can do it. He's here. He's here. I'm telling you, look at me in the eyes. He's here. Get up and walk. And he goes, oh, really? Really? And he started to push himself up and fell back down. Oh, I can't do it. And then suddenly, when he didn't jump out by faith, suddenly a woman screamed. Ah! And started going wild. I was still, you know, pretty much stuck on the floor, and I was just looking around to see what was happening. And it was a woman who had came in the service, and she was doing her spring cleaning. I mean, springtime up there in, you know, August. I mean, it's cold up there. It's about 60 below Celsius up there right now. 
And she was doing her spring cleaning on a ladder, second floor, and she fell off the ladder, landed on the pavement, and shattered both of her arms. And it happened two weeks earlier, and it was such swelling and such, I mean, just shattered her elbow, broke both of her arms, and they put her in a special sling like this. And she was all, you know, beefed up on codeine, and she was there in the service, you know. Had come to the first meeting, and she was just sitting there like this, and suddenly the power God hit her, and she said she felt like fire hit her, and she threw off the sling and went crazy in the building. And I didn't know what had happened until later. And everybody else was going crazy, man. I mean, they're going crazy. The church is exploding. I believe when you allow the Holy Ghost to tickle you, that the alabaster box is opened up within, and the fragrance of the Lord fills the whole house. Hallelujah. It's a relationship. It's a love relationship. It's not information, folks. It's a love relationship. Hallelujah. Can you, this, this, this is what you always dreamed heaven would be like. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Tickling one another. Telling each other jokes. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Playing and frolicking. But the proud in heart can't understand this. They won't receive this. It's only the simple. Now this word is used again. Awesome word. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 18. Say, brother, that's pretty extreme. We need two or three references for that. I'm glad you asked. You just can't pull one scripture out. First Samuel, okay, well, we'll just go through the whole Bible then today. I'm going to show you every reference Mishachek has used. First Samuel 18, verse 6. It happened as when they were coming, when David returned from killing the Philistine, that the women came of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing. I mean, wouldn't you be dancing and rejoicing? The big guy got killed. To meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy and musical instruments. And the women sang as they played. Is that played right there? Yes. So we think that the, these women are just a little two-step horror out there. Give me a break, man. They were frolicking, going wild. Like they're doing today downtown. Just wrong party. The woman sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for the saying displeased him. Verse 9, Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. When you begin to frolic in church, controlling people will not like it. Especially when the spotlight is not on them anymore. 
It's all about control, folks. Whatever you can't control, you criticize. And in this hour, those that are launching out and letting the little boy and the little girl out of their hearts and frolicking, because it's scriptural, hallelujah, because we're called to be imitators of God, hallelujah, as beloved children, and wisdom is vindicated by her children. And as we frolic and play and let the little boy and little girl out of our heart, hallelujah, religious people will get mad and view a suspicion and then be eventually begin to hunt after you. And they won't like your praise and worship. It, it used to bring the devils away from them. But then they're still being tormented so much by jealousy because the anointing is now on you and you're frolicking that they'll try to fashion you against the wall with a spear, a javelin. And then they'll chase you down. Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6. And verse 5, David is bringing up the ark. I want to share something with you. All of these references have to do with either major military events, victories, or God's presence in heaven, or around the tabernacle or the temple. Because when you get around God's presence, you immediately want to be frolic and play. Chapter 6 and verse 5, Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments of firwood, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. The word celebrating there is misachek. They were frolicking and playing with musical instruments. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 5, the word celebrate is misachek. Now look at this. Verse 12, it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him on the account of the ark of God. That's revival, man. Your house will be blessed. You let the glory cloud move in. And David went up and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with sadness. Oh, excuse me, gladness. And David was dancing before the Lord of all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. And David and all the house of Israel bringing up the ark of the Lord with, ah! with shoutings and the trumpet. Now watch this. This is what you've got to overcome is the fear of man. Because when you start to frolic, there will always be people there like Saul's daughter. Look at this. Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Why? What was he doing? So they brought the ark of the Lord into its place inside the tent, which David had pitched for it, and David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord, okay? Now look at this, verse 20. When David returned to bless his household, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servant maids as one who foolishly and shamelessly uncovers himself. 
The wisdom of God is foolishness. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will miss a cake. I will frolic. I will play. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, verse 23, had no child to the day of her death. You know, I was preaching this once, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, those people, believers, that have been anointed, called of God, that keep on criticizing this move because it brings shame and foolishness. Hello. They'll have no more children, meaning their ministries, their carcasses will drop in the wilderness. Because when you're, listen, when you're at the climax of self-abandonment to Jesus and frolicking and playing, listen, folks. And you're, you're worshiping God with everything. Hallelujah. And you're letting him tickle you and play with you. Oh! I love it. I'm so glad I came to church this morning. You know, listen, and you know, these people won't even know their carcasses is dropping. You know why? Because they'll still have the prince of God. They'll still have the manna, the teaching. They'll still have God's maintenance anointing there because God loves his people. They'll still have the healing message. Come on now. They'll still be taken care of another round of, you know, time around the mountain. They're still being taken care of, but they're just waiting for God, just waiting, you know, for them to drop and bring up the next generation. They'll be of a different spirit. There's no fear of man that brings a snare. Therefore, I will celebrate. Hallelujah. Now, this word is used in marriage. This will ignite your marriage back into a honeymoon experience. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 26. If you're single, just have to wait. Read the Song of Solomon after you get married. We're going to do some marriage counseling now. Hallelujah. Genesis 26. And verse 6, so Isaac, or laughter, lived in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say my wife, thinking the men of the place might kill me in account of Rebekah. She's beautiful. And it came about when he had been there a long time, that Avimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out through a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was misahaking his wife, Rebekah. For the sake of single people here will not... I'm going to read what mine says here. <laughs> wife, husband and wife, misahaking together. Now to help with marriage here, turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 32. Now this word, you know, don't think it's strange. This is the relationship between the church and Jesus. This is the mystery. Didn't we talk about God's hidden mystery, his hidden wisdom? 
the mystery of Christ in the church, Ephesians 5. Come on now. Don't you think Jesus wants to miss a cake? To the pure, all things are pure. Don't you think he wants to frolic and play with his bride? Now look at this. This is the problem that we have to come against and chop down in the churches throughout North America. Now it says in chapter 32 of Exodus in verse 1, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. That's for this Moses, the man who brought us from the land. We don't know what's become of him. You know what happened? The people became spiritually bored. Listen now. The people did not have a prophetic voice. What happened to Moses? What's going on? We see God's presence. We don't get near the mountain. We're scared. Judgment. And they got spiritually bored. And couldn't wait. And so they built a golden calf. Verse 4, they took all the earrings off. Fashioned the graving tool and said, this is a, into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up to the land of Egypt. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Let me tell you, Misachek is at the center of every party going on on planet earth. Wine and eating and dancing is all misplaced Misachek. Verse 6, they rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. It's the word misachek in Hebrew. But it's used in the peel stem, which means it's a negative connotation. The other translations, and also this word can be translated, they rose up to sport. S-P-O-R-T. Your church facility is surrounded by the misachek of this age. Drinking and sports. Now, I don't, listen, I can talk like this because I used to train for professional soccer, okay? But the Lord showed me once, a couple years ago in revival, that men, come on, man, smile now, okay? This is going to help us. That because we become bored in church, because we weren't allowed by dictators and despots in church to miss a hake and have fun and conquer something, we've instead brought our conquering, you know, what God gave us into bass fishing and bull moose hunting and, uh, you know, sports. Too much. Now, there's nothing wrong with going fishing, okay? But there is something wrong when you're totally in debt to your ears with a ranger bass boat. And your wife's at home every weekend wondering where you are. There's nothing wrong with sport in the right moderation. But listen to my heart now. We have too much sport in the church. And the reason why is because men have become spiritually bored, weren't allowed to express a frolicking and desire to conquer. Hello? So they go out there and start conquering the beasts of the field and the beasts of the sea. And what's happened, the golden calf 
Remember they rose up to sport and play? The golden calf of North America is the god of sports and entertainment. Come on now, let's get it right now. Hallelujah. If you're a professional athlete, you're involved in sports, great. I'm not talking about that. Don't go out here and say I said something I didn't say. I want you to hear my heart. I was, um, I had never been to a hockey game for like 10 years, and this pastor invited me to a hockey game, Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was a, play, you know, pre-playoff game, it was a game they had to do the playoffs, whatever. He said, hey, listen, I got these really expensive box seats, would you like to go? I said, sure, I'll go. So I brought my son and his sons, and we're driving down in his suburban to the Tampa Bay Lightning Stadium, new, new facility there, and uh, I said, well, let's, let's just, son, let's just reach over, and let's all grab hands while we're driving here, and let's, let's pray that there be no fights tonight in the hockey game. Just be a good, clean game, you know, no fights. And this pastor said to me, no. That's the best part, Scott. And I said, you backslidden buzzard, you. I said, come on, son, let's pray anyway. So we pray, and we just bound that spirit of violence. And we got to the game. Guess what? It was the New Jersey Devils. Versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. I didn't know it. <laughs> and guess what? It was a, it, there was a rival, and there was no fights. Oh, there was no fights that night. Praise God. Okay, so I'm sitting there, okay? I'm in these box seats, and all these, you know, bank executive VPs are behind me, you know, in their box seats, and all these, you know, well-to-do people, whatever. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, before the game even starts, they show a picture of the Stanley Cup, you know? And the whole stadium goes wild. And, I, and I, so I haven't been around that for many years. And all of a sudden, I, I said, this is the golden calf. People began to worship this thing as they paraded it around the ice. And then the game gets going, and they score the first goal, and the place, you're talking about Rena, folks. You're talking about shrinking cries of jubilation. I said, man, this is louder than most churches I've ever been to. <laughs> People going wild and hugging and frolicking, could care less. And these guys behind me, VPs, you know, SunTrust Bank and others, they're a bunch of drunks. I said, no wonder the men aren't coming to church like they should. The churches are shutting down the party. Except this one. Hallelujah. <laughs> so right after that, I went to Halifax to preach. And, and we have a Sunday, uh, it was a Saturday morning promise keepers meeting. And so they asked me to come and share. So I came in there and shared to the men. And suddenly the Lord began to speak to me. I said, I don't know what's going on in this church, but I feel like there's a lot of garbage going on in terms of sports and ice hockey. And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, you guys have a Christian ice hockey league. And I bet you right now that there's, you guys break out in fist fights with other churches on the ice. And then you have to, you're so convicted by the end of the game that you have to pray because just to be a good witness to the unsaved ref. And he thinks you're a bunch of hypocrites anyway. And I says, you're getting up early Saturday morning to go run your brains out on the ice, skate your brains out, and you come home and you have nothing to give to your family. Man, they're fighting words, I tell you. I went to Montreal and said the same thing in the churches. My translator was falling out in the spirit. He was weeping under conviction. 
Because he'd get up every Saturday morning and go play ice hockey. And they saw it. I says, listen, guys, you can still play every once in a while if you want, but I'm talking about the, the, that conquering attitude God's put inside men. Subdue the earth. Come on. Quit chasing this old puck around and start chasing devils around in the church. <laughs> if you'll start frolicking and playing at church, man, that, you, you'll be so satisfied. And then second, you need to start, instead of going on a big moose hunting trip and chasing some bull moose to the bush a couple kilometers after you shoot it and dragging that carcass out and eating bull moose all, you know, meat all year, start chasing your wife around. <laughs> Sport her. <laughs> ah! She wants to be conquered. And then suddenly, heaven on earth in your house once again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And your prayers won't be hindered anymore. And your kids will be happy. Start getting your cardiovascular exercise in church you catching it now sport has become the god the golden calf of our society sport it's the same hebrew word used the father and the son sporting in heaven Say law. Let's just think about this. <laughs> Glory to God. This is no charge for this marriage counseling. If you just love her as Christ loves the church, she'll submit. I know I'm married to a former drill sergeant. Man, she's a sweetheart, I tell you. There's a tiger in there too, though. Let me tell you something, folks. This laughter is moving us into becoming like children again because the Bible says in the last days, because sin is abounding, the love of many will wax cold, Matthew 24. And the word for love there is agape. It means the love of many believers will grow cold because there's so much sin, you know? And, you know, I just made a decision, you know, coming here to the city is to rejoice. I mean, I'm not going to meditate on what I saw out there yesterday. I'm not going to be outdone by what's happening there yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to create my own party. And I'm going to let the little boy and little girl out of my heart. I mean, the boy out of my heart, the girl out of your heart. Right. <laughs> Who do I mean? boy out of mind. See, the word Abba is a word of endearment. It means daddy. And this revival is all about daddy.
And if this blows your mind what's happening in these services, I don't know what you do when you get to heaven. Because this is the scene in heaven. You want some more scriptures on Mr. Cake? Okay. This word is used of animals playing in the ocean. Psalms 104. Let's start Psalms 104, verse 24. We're talking about wisdom again. This is awesome, man. This is just blow your mind about God's wisdom. It's not some intelligentsia trip, you know? I mean, it's just like, just be a kid, play in the sandbox, so sand at Jesus. Have fun, man. Let him dunk you under the river of life. Hallelujah. Psalms 104, verse 24. O Lord, how many are thy works? In wisdom, in wisdom, hallelujah, in wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, and which swarms not numbers. Animals both small and great, and there the ships move along. And a Leviathan, which thou hast formed to sport in it. This is talking of the whale. Did you know that this is the best some of the most popular video and money-making programs are nature shows. There's a fascination with people wanting to watch animals frolic and play, especially the whales and dolphins. Come on now. Go to SeaWorld. You know what I'm talking about. Packed out that place to watch these animals be childlike and play. And if all of creation does that, how much more does this, uh, these species? <laughs> Amen, parents. <laughs> All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. To do what? To frolic and worship as a child again. Oh. The animals can do it. Why can't we? And why the nature shows are so popular is just discovery channels, all that stuff. You know why? Because people are wanting to do it, but just, you know, get their thrills watching an animal do it. <laughs> is this the truth or what? I mean, go on. I mean, I'm not. Look at Job. You know, God comes to Job when the whirlwind, you know. Job, God comes in chapter 38 and just, I mean, just, just pulling the slack out of Job, I tell you. And look at this. In uh, Job 39 and verse 13, it says, the ostrich flaps ah! joyously with Rena. Verse 18, she lifts herself on high, she sahakes, or she laughs and plays at the horse and his rider. Chapter 39 and verse 5, who set out the wild ass free? <laughs> who loosed the bonds of the swift donkey? To whom I gave the wilderness for a home and the salt land with its dwelling place? He laughs at the tumult of the city. Here's a Mule missile taking. Look at this. You see what kind of horse we're going to be riding? You ready for this? You know, we're all going to be riding white horses behind Jesus, Revelation 19. Look at this, man. This is awesome. Job 39, verse 19. Did you give the horse his might? Did you clothe his neck with a mane? Did you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrible. He paws in the valley. 
rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He misahakes at fear, or he laughs and frolics at fear, is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him. The flashing spear and javelin. With shaking and rage, he races over the ground. He does not stand still at the voice of the at the voice of the shofar. As often as the trumpet or shofar sounds, he says, aha, and sense the battle from afar. Hallelujah. These are the horses we're going to be riding. Yes, Lord, we'll ride with you. Glory to God. Man, it's good stuff. Here in chapter 40, verse 19. He is the first of the waves of God. Let his maker bring near his sword. Surely the mountains bring him food, and all the beasts of the field play there. Talking about the crocodile. <laughs> Word misachake right there. Alligator. Praise God. There's more. Uh, Jeremiah 30. Look at Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30. Talking about the restoration of Israel. This is awesome, folks. Jeremiah 30, verse 19. And from them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. Or the voice of those who misachim. The voice of those who frolic and play. When the Lord turned back to captivity of Zion, we're like those who dream. Our mouth was filled of riotous laughter. Chapter 31, verse 4 again, I'll build you, you shall be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. Again, you shall take up your tambourines and go forth for the dances of the Misachims, the merrymakers, the frolickers. <laughs> Look at this, verse 9. This is awesome. With weeping they shall come, and by supplication I'll lead them. I'll make them walk by streams of water on a straight path in which they'll not stumble. I am Abba to Israel. See, he's talking about a future restoration. Oh, this is good stuff. Look at this, verse 12. And they shall come, Jeremiah 31, verse 12. They shall come and shout for joy at the height of Zion. They shall be radiant over the bounty of the Lord, over the grain and the new wine. And the oil over the young of the flock and the herd. Their lives shall be like a watered garden. And they shall never languish again. Whew. Remember that word shawim to delight in? Look at this. Verse 20. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he not my shawim? Is he not my delightful child? Indeed, as often as I've spoken against him, I'll surely remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. The Lord spoke to me when I read that once. Shashuim. The idea of delighting. Uh, you know, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you desires of your heart. I'll conclude on this. You know, delight yourself in the Lord. give you desires of your heart. It's the idea, you know, if you want God to give you desires of your heart, you have to delight in him the same way he delights in you. He delights in you so much he wants to pick you up, put you on his knee, and tickle you. He wants to pamper you in excess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you desire. Sha'ashuim in the Lord. I mean, I can't make this happen. I just, you know, I just deliver the parcel, you know, and let it sink in and marinate, you know. 
But I'm telling you, how many people have never seen a, a concept of heaven like this before? I mean, you knew it, but you never saw it scripturally. I never saw it before until this revival. I was serious. I mean, I, mean, I was miserable just to be around. I was always, I was constipated all the time. Did you see those devils over there? Praise God. So people say, well, what's more in this revival, you know? You know, what, what makes me almost chill is to think that some people will bring up tradition now in this current revival and not and get stuck and not keep on going forward. It's not just laughter, folks. And listen, you know, we, you know, as leaders, you know, we have to be so careful what we think is the flesh and what we think is God. Amen? I mean, you know what the job of the leadership is? The job of the leadership is not to try to steady the ark, but to walk in front of the ark and say, this way, oxen, come on, this way. <laughs> this way. Try to lead it, but don't try to steady it. You know, we just want to have a nice revival. You know, just people just laughing. We don't want all this frolicking and playing. A little bit too much. Sorry. That's the direction we're going. We're repenting. We're getting holy. We're, gonna, we're coming in here to chase devils out. Hallelujah. We're going to conquer and pursue. Hallelujah. Instead of going out there and just can't wait to get out of church, go play golf or go play something else. Now, you can play, keep on playing golf. It's okay. It's just a minor form of misachik. Really? Really? I'm sorry. It's just a temporary form. But the real form, you know, what's even more delightful is to get drunk. You know what I used to do? I used to, get, I used to you know, my, my father wasn't home and I was still a student. I used to, my mom used to call me and say, I have T-bone steak, come on over. <laughs> so I'd come over and my dad would be out of town. And, and I couldn't pray in the house because, you know, you just can't pray there. And so I'd get on my scuba tanks and go sit at the bottom of my parents' pool. <laughs> It's awesome, man. Just awesome. Just awesome. And you know, I felt the Prince of God come so strong. It's awesome. I mean, I'm sure Pastor's gotten drunk, you know doing a putt, you know, and I was realizing, this is the most ridiculous sport. And just start laughing, fall in the green and start laughing. Listen, I was in Montreal, and I was preaching like this, and there was a pastor there, and he was like, he was stoned, he was so much against what I was saying. And I was like, man, give me a break. I mean, just read the Bible, jump in. I mean, we haven't talked about all Ms. Kiki, we just kind of stopped right now. And so I saw him walk out, and after the service, he was out there doing belly laughs with people. 
They were talking about something fun, some funny movie they saw. And I said, give me a break. That's why comedy is such a big seller. People want to laugh, you know. And that guy would, he thinks this is a place to be holy and solitude, you know, and paralyzed. And, you know, when, and out there it's okay. We just can't wait to get out of church so we can start laughing and have fun again. No, this is the place to have fun. Hallelujah. Ho! Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it's 12 o'clock. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Let's just see what the Lord wants to do. I mean, I don't, I don't have a set agenda. I, we keep on teaching, but I just kind of feel we should slipping out that direction right now. Lord, what should we do next? <laughs> That's a party. Okay. Father, we just thank you for just this moment in time where we can come together and just hear what happens in heaven, Father. And Lord, I really got drunk last night, Father. Oh, Jesus. Lord, it was wonderful, Lord. But this is a new day. And I want some more oil, Father. I want some more wine. Lord, I want to overdose. And Lord, forgive me for being just influenced by the wisdom of this life. Thank you, Lord, that we're deleting all those files. And at times when we hit the delete button, suddenly on the window appears, are you sure you want to delete this file? <laughs> yes, man! So, Father, we're shutting the door. We're deleting the hard drive. And we're like kids. Once again, we're learning how to frolic and play. And, Lord, I pray that every person that gives to help us send this out, Father, that they will just enter into new places of frolicking. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Abba. Amen. Praise the Lord. You want to say anything? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, let's just stand up and worship and frolic before the Lord. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> we sing. <laughs>
Oh man. Oh, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me. When I think of his goodness and how he set me free. I'm gonna frolic, frolic, come on, frolic, frolic, frolic all night. of his goodness and how he set me free. I'm on a leap, 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 leap all night, all night. Yeah. And when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I'm on a shout, 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 shout. of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness and how he set me free. I'm on a jump, 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 jump all night. Hey. 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 And when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness. Come on and pray. Goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness. Come on, let's run, let's run, 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 run. His goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness and how he Oh, I'm gonna shout, 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 all right. <laughs> He healed my body, he touched my mind, he saved me just in time now I'm gonna praise his name Each day is just the same Yeah, come help me praise him With what the Lord has done Come on, sing He healed my body He healed my body He touched my mind He saved me Just in time now I'm gonna praise his name Each day is just the same Help me praise Him, look what the Lord has done. Dancing, dancing, can't keep my feet from dancing. Dancing, can't keep my feet from dancing. Dancing, cut my feet and start dancing. Dancing, can't keep my feet from dancing. Dancing, then my feet from dancing. Yeah. He healed my body, He touched my mind. Just in time now, I'm gonna praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come help me praise him, look what the Lord has done. Oh, cause I got a feeling, I got a feeling, everything's gonna be alright. I got 
got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Come on, sing. I got a promise. I got a promise. Everything's gonna be all right. of his goodness. I need to shout. Come on, shout. Shout. Shout, shout, shout all night. Woo! Oh. He healed my body. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Yes, he did. Just in time. Now I'm going to praise his name. The same. Here come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Here come help me praise him. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has Thirsting for more of the Lord, the river of God sets the feet 
love Jesus. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, lift him up. Live a little bit higher now. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, lift him up, up. If you love my Jesus, if you love the Holy Ghost, if you love the Holy Ghost, jump, jump. If you love the Holy Ghost, then jump, jump. If you love the Holy Ghost, then jump, jump. If you love the Holy Ghost, jump a little bit higher now. If you love the Holy Ghost, jump, jump. If you love the Holy Ghost, then jump, jump. If you love the Holy Ghost, it's time to jump. Shout now if you love the Holy Ghost. Shout, shout. If you 
Hallelujah. One more verse. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. We need to become like David. He uncovered himself before the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to... No, it doesn't mean he became totally naked, but in God's eyes, he was naked. He, he acted like he was acting behind the walls in his palace, but this time he was acting like that on the streets. And that's how we need to become in church. Because God said that nothing that's covered is not seen. He sees everything. He sees your heart. Hallelujah. Just become a little child. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The dance, the dancing Lord. The, the dancing Lord. Lord, the dance, the dancing Lord. Lord, the dance, the dancing Lord. Is the Lord of the dance, is the dancing Lord. Lord, the dance, the dancing. He is the Lord of the dance, the dancing Lord. Everybody dance down. Yo, get it now.
fatherly joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the father, at the daddy, on your lap, in your arms, on your lap. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom.